0: tigers lose the home opener to the boston red sox and that's what we're going to talk about today on locked on tigers you are locked on tigers your daily detroit tigers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, April 7th, 2023. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. All righty. Tigers drop the home opener of the 2023 season by a score of 6-3 to to the Boston Red Sox. Um, I, I, there is honestly like a weirdly a lot amount of things I have to say about this game, which I didn't really expect, like while I was watching it, but afterwards when I was prepping, I was like, wow, I actually have quite a bit to say about this one. So, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. And I I think I want to start with, well, a happy home opening day, everybody. I know kind of got soured there with a loss, but still a very, very fun day. In Detroit, downtown is always rocking. Uh, this is the first year I didn't go in a very long time. Uh, I'm still not feeling great and uh, had to be a responsible adult, unfortunately. But um, very, very fun time. And comerica's always bumping. And, and uh, the first pitch and whatnot was was super cool. So very much appreciate Detroiters. I, I love this city more than anything in the world. And uh, unfortunately, that means loving this baseball team the same amount, and that has not bought, brought me very much happiness over the last uh, lot of years. But the very – I was going to say the first thing I want to say, but I already kind of said some other stuff there. So the the first thing I want to say about the game is, boy, does that outfield wall look terrible. Golly. I, I, I want to say somebody put out there that Harris made a comment where the, the walls are still a work in progress. But like, my goodness! I, like, can they change it midseason? Like, are they going to have time? Is there a road trip long enough for them to do that? Like, I don't know. We might. I, I think it's going to look like that all year, and that's kind of disappointing because they look absolutely terrible. Um, I think Comerica Park is one of the best parks in baseball, and I've been to two thirds of the major league parks, and I, I, and I, of course, I have insane bias, and I get that, whatever, but. Uh, I I've always maintained that Comerica is, is one of the most underrated parks in all of baseball and my goodness does that outfield wall just look awful so I hope that's not the permanent look I hope that it just it's not just slapping a shorter wall in front of the other wall that looks absolutely awful it, it's an eyesore on tv I'll, I'll tell you that maybe it's not as bad in person, although I'd imagine it is. But when a ball is hit to center field, it is ugly. So I'm hoping that that is not a, a permanent fixture and that they, whatever, bring the the shrubbery out or, or I don't care what, just make it not look the way it does right now. Um, but I do think that we're going to have to sit through a season of it. So that was like the very first thing I noticed. There was a ball hit to center field relatively early on in this ball game, And boy, oh boy, can you tell um miggy final opening day very very cool obviously uh cool to see him getting an ovation in front of everyone the like i said the first pitch calvin johnson nick lidstrom ben wallace miguel Cabrera, all throwing out the uh the first pitch there destroy royalty very very well done festivities and whatnot as they always do um this city is just dying for a winner man just begging for one of these teams to be a winner. I know the lions are, are, uh, are seem to be close there, but I mean, goodness gravy, just begging for one of these teams to be halfway decent even. Um, And, and that's really all that this first pitch really reminded me of, but it was still very cool and uh, glad to see uh, all of them out there, to be honest with you. So yeah, very, very cool start to the game. Uh begging for a winner, did not get one, sadly, in this one. As I said, that's a pro transition right there. Six to three loss to the Boston Red Sox at home. Chris Sale on the bump for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, he started off this game with eight straight balls, and I was kind of like, Oh my goodness, this is this is gonna go our way. And honestly, like early on, they I thought they had a pretty decent approach there for the first, maybe first time through the lineup. Um, but he recovered nicely. I mean, he struck out the side still after uh two straight walks there to start off the game so that's not great but uh he he's just started throwing the sinker like the fastball command he clearly did not have um which like nobody really had that pitch for either team in this game we can kind of talk about that a little bit later but um he just started throwing the sinker instead and it worked and and he put together a pretty solid outing i mean 3 earned runs in 5 innings it's not a masterclass by any stretch but uh, if he was able to go one more that's a quality start that's not the worst thing in the world so um yeah, I mean, look, also his stuff is down. Like, the, the velocity's down uh, so far in the first couple of starts on the year. The spin is way down. I, I know he's had a lot of injury stuff for the last few seasons, but uh, I kind of hope that he can get back to, to what he was because he was a really fun pitcher to watch there for a while. Um, Tigers, yet again, zero clutch hitting. That's really the the name of the game in this one as well. They had 11 base runners. Like, they had, they had six hits and five walks, which I – was music to my ears to five walks, but you have to hit him home still too, right? Well, you can't have a, can't have a two base walk. So gotta, gotta be able to hit him home. And, and with 11 base runners, only one run was scored and not off of the Jake Rogers home run. Right. So, so 11 base runners, if you want to exclude the Homer and the, uh, the, the man on base for that Homer, that's still one run on nine base runners elsewhere. That's just not good enough. That like that's we can just be blunt about it. That's that's not going to cut it very many times in this game at the professional level, at the major league level rather. So um, need need more clutch hitting. Need it in a bad way. It just felt clunky. Uh, I don't know. And also, this team is not going to win very many games where the top of the lineup doesn't produce. Okay, Matt Vierling was good again. Shout out, Matt Vierle. When you're hot, you're hot, kid. When you're hot, you're hot. He's feeling it. I uh, had another hit and a walk at this one. Got on base twice. But um, Javi and Green combined go 0 for 8 with three Ks, I want to say, or four. Three or four strikeouts uh, between the two of them and uh, an 0 for 8 all around. Javi with a walk in there, which is weird to say out loud, but uh, that was just the second better of the game. Chris Sale doing his... Uh, Eight straight balls to start off the ball game. But the top three combined go one for 12 with two walks. And again, those two walks were to start off the game. So after the first inning, that that wasn't a thing either. Everyone hitting four through eight, including two pinch hitters. Okay? So four, five, six, seven, eight, that's five hitters plus two more pinch hitters all get on base at least once with either a hit or a walk. All of them. But you got nothing out of your nine hole, which we'll talk about later. And uh, unfortunately, nothing out of the top of the lineup. And it just goes to show you, you need the dudes who are getting the most at-bats, the most played appearances on your team to come through. And in this game, uh, they just, yeah, simply did. not Like I said, it just felt choppy after the Rodgers homer, to be honest with you. Like uh, early on, I, again, I felt like decent approaches first time through the lineup, but as the game went along, they just – similar to, to what we said in, in Houston several times, they just couldn't string together good at-bats. Just no flow. If they did get a hit or a, a base runner, it was with two outs and nobody on. Or they, they would get somebody in the next two would, would ground out and pop out. You know what I mean? Like there, there's just there, – there was no flow and no consistency from batter to batter. And that's what good teams do. So individually, like I said, Green and Baez uh, struggled. Verling looked really good, but there is a couple, well, really like two other (laughs) offensive performances that I thought individual performances that I thought were on the good end. We'll talk individually on uh, the bad end as well, but uh, we will do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over. At So Rare, it's an evolution, a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from a, all across all 30 teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. You can collect, buy, sell, and compete with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards, win or lose. You still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. It's super cool. I tried to explain it on the last episode, but I really, really struggled through it for whatever reason. So I'll try to do a little bit better in this one. Um, They use an action-based scoring system, right, fantasy-based. So where events happen on the baseball field, they immediately translate into positive or negative points for your so rare team. Game weeks happen twice weekly. They're a three- to four-day cycle, so you have Monday through Thursday. Then you have your weekend slate of Friday through Sunday games. Game weeks start 10 minutes before the first game in those windows. The scoring, it's super, super easy and, and simple. And as far as obtaining cards, it's MLB Marketplace. It's a new card auction with manager sales. It's super, super fun. They allow you to buy newly minted cards directly from So Rare. As each auction will have an expiration time and date, if you are the highest bidder when the auction expires, then you win that card. Direct peer-to-peer as well. It really is. There's nothing like it. It's a really fascinating concept. I've loved messing with it over the last few days since they started sponsoring Locked On. I love it. It is really, really fascinating is the word for it. I've never really seen anything like it. So, uh, be sure to head to so rare.com slash locked on that's dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup and start competing today to an epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let's get back into this ball game. We still got a lot to go over in this six to three loss at the hands of the Boston Red Sox. So individually, we already kind of talked about uh, some players that struggled. I do want to give a nod to Miguel Cabrera just because uh, you know what? It's weird. Like the numbers are obviously not great. I mean, we're not gonna like sugarcoat anything here. At least I try not to. Um, the the, the numbers aren't great. And I don't think throughout the season, the numbers are going to be great, but I will tell you one thing, if there's a runner in scoring position, you're about to see a better at bat than, than you have in a while from Miguel Cabrera. And and that's dating back to last year. It just seemed like he consistently, and and again, I'm not saying like guaranteed anything. He's certainly not what he was back in the MVP days or whatnot, but, um, he, he does seem to put together significantly better at bats with runners in scoring position still. And that that's at least there's something in there that, that he uh, still gets fired up about bringing in some, some RBI. So um, that was nice to see. Nice to see him get a, get a ribby there. And then the Jake Rogers Homer was nice. He crushed that baseball. That was that the bat sounded like a cannon going off. That was absolutely destroyed. Um, And I think he's been seeing the ball really well lately and he is without question, the best catcher on this team. So I, I think we should see a significant spike in playing time from him. I know we're only a week into the season. I don't care. I'm ready. Put, put him out there as often as, uh, as comfortable. I think he should, he should kind of get past the baton to be the catcher of this team. That's not to say that Eric Haas, if he hits well, can't still play 100, 110 games, but DH and left field and whatnot, uh, which he did in this game. Another thing offensively, and this is the last one. Then we'll get into the defense and then the pitching. Austin Meadows is just driving me up a wall, man. And, and like I, I, I thought in early in spring, he lifted the ball a little bit, and I thought it was going to be somewhat of a different story. But a, we're seeing why a lot of people take spring training with a grain of salt. But b, like it is, every single at bat is a ground out. It, or it's a ground ball single. Like, everything is a ground ball. And it's 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 nuts. And I, I would imagine an adjustment needs to be made. And we know what he can be. He had some phenomenal years in Tampa Bay. All-star caliber season. In outfield in the American League. You know how good you have to be? To, to be an all-star in the outfield in the AL? That is a loaded group. And so we 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 know what he's capable of. We have seen it, but it, it is just ground ball after ground ball after ground ball and and clearly another adjustment needs to be made. and I'm really rooting for the dude uh, as a human being, but also like obviously as part of my baseball team and um that's that's just something that that something needs to change. different approach, different. Pitch selection, different uh, mechanically. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, the first week of the season has been no different in that regard than what we saw last year. So something needs to change still there, and uh, we'll see what adjustments can be made going forward throughout the rest of the weekend and whatnot. But didn't get the start, ended up pinch hitting, still getting a couple of at-bats. And, and it like you, you got a high fastball in this one, high heat, right? Just spiked it right into the ground. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. But a lot of a lot of similarities so far for Austin Meadows. Um, defensively, I do want to talk about defense in this one. Uh, I, th- there's a couple of things I want to say defensively. One, green is going to have to get some adjusting to the new dimensions. Uh, there was one ball specifically where he probably should have caught it and it cost us a run. I think the relay was just late or it popped out of Jake Rogers' glove or something like that. So uh, that's going to be something that that is going to take some adjusting. I don't think it'll take too long because it's not like he has, like, eight years of the old dimensions. Like, he, he played in half the year last season. So that's really <laughs> – I don't think it should take too terribly long to adjust to the new dimensions, but it was on full display, as, like, baseball does, right? There was a 414-foot homer out there uh, by the Red Sox. And then, uh, obviously a, a play right there, which would have been closer to a routine type of fly out if, uh, if the walls weren't brought in. So, um, yeah, th- some adjustments will have to be made there. Uh, I'm not losing sleep over it in this game necessarily, but clearly some adjustments have to be made the, the one big thing. And I'm, pro- I I know I'm going to talk a lot about something that didn't even end up costing the tigers runs but it's a little stuff like this that drives me mad okay so just like sit back relax close your eyes unless you're driving and, and just let me kind of ramble here for a second so there, there was one play specifically and again it didn't cost the team any runs but it was right before the pickle at third base mayhem play okay it wasn't that play it was the play before it okay and it was just a routine fly out to center field and it, it drove me nuts. So there's first and second, no outs. Okay, lead off double and then a walk. First and second, no outs. There's a fly ball to Riley Green in center. It's deep. He chooses to throw straight to third. He airmails Javi Baez, who's the cutoff man, goes straight to third base. It is not even close to being a competitive play. It is not a close play at third at all. Runner gets there standing. The ball's not even online. It is a very deep throw. And it's uncompetitive. Duvall then at first advances to second. That can't happen. And that's just fundamentally not sound whatsoever. Okay. You have to either hit the cutoff man so that if Duvall is making a run for it, you can get him out at second, or just go straight to second base. So then you have Duvall stays at first. You have let him go to third. You then have first and third, one out. A double play gets you out of this inning unscathed. Instead, you tried to be Superman a little bit. And again, like in no universe, you would have had to have had like Roberto Clemente's arm out there to have it. It was not a close play at all. And instead, then you had second and third, one out. Now again, awful base running by Boston made it not really matter and you you went out of, you got out of the inning without giving up a run. But that kind of stuff cannot happen. Better decision making has to be made. Stuff like that is going to cost you over the course of 162. And that that was just like a, a really, really niche, like very <laughs> laid back, like again, a routine fly ball. He threw it into the infield with both runners advanced, whatever. But like that's the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. That that absolutely cannot happen. Okay, so that was just something I wanted to point out. It's it's a much different situation when you're talking about runners at the corners one out versus second and third one out. World's different. Okay, you, 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 that that can't happen. All right, so anyway, just wanted to to ramble a little bit there. Let's move on. The last thing defensively, Javi Baez spiking the ball into the ground is one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. Like everything he throws to Torkelson at first is he spikes into the dirt and look torque has proven dating back to last season. Even when he was really struggling at the plate and in a lot of other areas, he can scoop the ball really well. And that's great. That's awesome. Um, and as long as it's not costing us, I guess I'll, I'll kind of bite my tongue and be like, okay, whatever. We have much bigger fish to fry than like plays that are still outs at the end of the day. Okay. So I'm um, I'm not gonna gonna freak out about it right now, but the second that it starts costing us base runners and then runs, I'm gonna lose my mind at it then. Okay, so it's just something that everybody is noticing. And it, it, it's mind-boggling to me how consistently every single throw to first is it seems to be something that he has to scoop. It's just wild. It it really is just wild. Um, okay, let's get into the pitching side of things. But first, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers are getting a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, threes drained, etc., Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for the chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, everybody. What in the heck Oh, you can't even see it. There's like holes in my shirt. It looks like – I don't even know. It looks like it got melted. How is that even possible? looks like I got really bad rug burns so bad that it melted the sleeve of my shirt. I don't know what that is. Welcome back. Third and final segment here, Lockdown Tigers. Um, Okay, let's get into the pitching in this ballgame. Look at that. We saved pitching for last. I think that's two games in a row we've done pitching last. Uh, Spencer Turnbull in this one goes five and two thirds, five hits, five earned runs, two walks, and just the one strikeout. This was certainly not his best start, uh, and, and is very much not even close to the best start we've ever seen from him, obviously with a no hitter under his belt. Um, and we know what he can be at his best, right? As I just said, and this was not that two of those five runs were part of this is narrow three run introductory hover that he's becoming, uh, rather fond of which uh, we'll talk about the bullpen in a second here, but uh, so he, he was one out away, uh, one strike away? I think two strikes away. He was an out away from six innings, three earned runs, which is a quality start. Like statistically, the stat quality start is six innings, three earned runs. So he was one batter away from that, and instead he gets five, five and two-thirds, five runs. Um, that's just how baseball goes. So not his best start, but I thought – Obviously, compared to start one, which was horrible, uh, was a much bigger step in the right direction. And if we're taking these steps in the right direction, like you got to remember, these are his first two starts back of competitive baseball since not pitching for over a year and a half because of Tommy John. So um, if we're still taking steps in the right direction, if we're improving every time out there, uh, I'll fine. I'll take this as his second start. If the next one's better than the next one and the next one's better than the next one. Okay. Okay. Um, had some command issues, still two walks, hip batter, uh, kind of all over the place as well. Um, couldn't hit his spots very consistently. Only one swing and miss the entire outing is certainly not great. And that's something that a lot of people talked about in this one. Um, the pitch mix, I think, was really interesting and might have had a factor in it. But uh, he only threw the slider six times all game. And that's the one thing I want to address because in 2021, that was his most thrown pitch, right? Like that is that is the pitch he threw the most. So, uh, or sorry, most thrown secondary pitch. The fastball was the one he threw the most. It was his second most thrown pitch. So uh, to see him only throw that six times the entire outing, threw it less than his curveball, which he like barely ever throws, uh, is definitely something not a red flag but a siren goes off and you go okay I think maybe he just realized really early on that he didn't have the feel for it uh and went in and kind of did a pitch to contact sort of approach more so uh after realizing that he didn't have a feel for the slider because it was a lot of fastballs a lot of sinkers and a lot of change-ups in this game which for him kind of all point to more of a a pitch-to-contact style there, but definitely something to watch because he wasn't afraid to throw the slider in the first outing. That's I think he threw the slider more than the fastball in the first outing, but um, that didn't go very well. So we'll see what happens. Uh, was efficient, like didn't have a very high pitch count until it kind of blew up there in the sixth inning. Um, and, And that weird neck injury, by the way, it sounds like it's nothing, but he also didn't last very long after it. So we'll see what happens. But he said it was just kind of a stinger. He moved his neck too quickly, trying to get out of the way of the ball, and it just stung for a little bit, and he's fine now. So we'll see what happens. I I, I guess that we'll just take his word for it for now. But definitely a, a, a weird start. One swing and miss is, is wild. And that's not to say that that's not something that was uh, – uh, not cause for concern, but something that people were looking in from Turnbull pre-Tommy John was to get more swings and misses because his stuff moves a boatload. He has crazy stuff and for whatever reason just couldn't consistently get those swings and misses and has had some command issues as well. So we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm very, very interested in the lack of throwing the slider in this game. We'll see if it carries over into the next one. Like I said, cold weather, maybe he was just uh, going more for a pitch to contact thing and just didn't have a feel for that slider. But we'll see. We'll see. Let's talk bullpen. OK, we'll end the show on some great, fun Tigers bullpen talk. Uh, this is going to be a wild ride. This is going to be a wild, wild ride all season. Jose Cisnero is where we have to start here. Um, look, if you listen to this show every day, first off, I love you and appreciate you. But you're well aware that me saying this is kind of like a broken record comment at this point Um, because we've been talking about it here since basically his first appearance back from injury last season. He's just not the same pitcher that he was in 2020 and 2021 when he was arguably the best reliever on this team. Uh, Not only is the velocity down, and today the secondary stuff was, I mean, we can call a spade a spade. It was awful. Just zero secondary pitches. The slider was not sliding whatsoever in this game to the point where he stopped throwing it. He ended up just throwing pretty much all four seam fastballs, which again, his velocity is down on like it's just he he's and on top of all of that. I'm not trying to pile on the guy, but like the, the command has just not been there at all since coming back from injury. That's dating back to last season. Last season, he walked like 18% of batters he faced. And we talked about it last year. I came on here with pretty much every single appearance he had. And I was like, I don't know how he has a 1-3 ERA or whatever he ended with because he, his whip is 9 or whatever. That's obviously an exaggeration and not possible. But like he, he was walking everyone, just no feel for the zone anymore, but kept his ERA low. And then this year, it, it seems to be not too much different. Just no feel for anything so far this season. Still, crazy command issues. I know a lot of people are rightfully very not happy with him at the moment. I mean, he's given up two, three run homers immediately after entering ball games now, and we're a week into the season. I will say this, and we, we've said it a lot: this team is going to have a lot of changes in bullpen roles. Okay, the roles on this team—they're they're, going to change very frequently based on performance and I can't imagine that Jose Cisnero is going to get too many like high leverage or inheriting runners in close game situations for the foreseeable future okay and like I I understand like he, he had a bad game in Houston so like why would you go back to him but one game is a fluke not okay I shouldn't say that one game is not always a fluke one game can be a fluke you got to give someone a decent sample size to show their true colors. Is that how I want to word it? I don't know. You get what I'm trying to say. Um, so I, I don't think that that will be happening anytime soon. And uh, we'll see. I, I mean, just with where he's at right now, uh, the stuff is not what it was. The The fastball velocity is not what it was. The secondary stuff is not what it was. And he has no command. I, I mean, that's pretty much every facet of pitching. We'll see w- what happens. But uh, I would imagine it's going to start with a downsizing and roll and then from there uh if he continues to struggle if he bounces back then he bounces back and you have a good reliever again but uh if he doesn't then uh yeah you're talking about somebody who's who's not going to be in this bullpen by like the middle of may if you want to get super dramatic with it um mason ingler six whiffs in one and a third innings pitched and a whiff on three different pitches of his okay the just for scale the rest of the Tigers pitchers as a whole in this entire game. So every single person that took the bump, not named Mason Ingler, combined for two whiffs. Mason Inglert had six in an inning and an out. Two whiffs. Jose Cisnero had one. Spencer Turnbull had one. And Alex Lang had zero. You had... Eight total whiffs, and Mason Ingler in an inning and a third was responsible for six of them. I really like his slider. It's going to play. I also really like his ability to go multiple innings. I think he's going to see a lot of work this season. I really do, which I'm happy about because he looks good so far. That's not to say it's not going to come with some lumps, probably. We saw what happened on opening day. He's a Rule 5 pick at the end of the day. Um, I don't think he should just go out there and be like the highest leverage reliever uh, immediately, but... I do think that he's gonna get utilized a lot this season. Alex Lang, honestly, I didn't like this outing very much either or at all. Uh, but no runs given up. So I guess I'm, uh, you know, we have bigger fish to fry. I'm not gonna to harp too much on him, I guess, but uh, he has some of the best stuff I've literally ever seen. And so when his command is just totally out of whack, it's really frustrating to me. The velocity was down in this game, too. Maybe, again, just chalk it up to the cold weather. We'll see what happens. But um, it, it, he he's frustrating because at his best, I have a hard time believing that there's too many relievers better than him. It's just about consistently being at his best. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, again, much bigger fish to fry in this game than Alex Lang at the end of the day. That's really it. Another game that was pretty winnable. And, honestly, I feel like you were in control of until the sixth inning there, Uh, then at bats as well, offensively from the sixth through the ninth inning were like, not as nice. They they just weren't as competitive as they were in the first half of the game. You need to string together good at bats. You need to not give up home runs immediately out of the bullpen. That'd be nice. And for the love of everything, I would like a starter to go six innings. We we are a week into the season. We still have not seen that from a single starter. Uh, I would just like a quality start from a Detroit Tigers pitcher, please. Thank you. Tough loss, uh, but looking ahead, okay, I, I will say to-, to end you with a little bit of-, of positivity going into your weekend, I do think that you are still very capable of taking two of three. I'm not like predicting it or saying it's a guarantee or anything like that, but uh, th- th- I-, I do think it's extremely doable, like extremely doable. Tanner Houck had a rough first outing. Uh, of the year and Crawford, uh Cutter Crawford got lit up in his first outing. Um like you just lost to their opening day starter, who again, like he didn't have a great first outing either and and whatnot, but you just lost to presumably their best pitcher. Like that, that's their opening day starter. And when you look at the relievers they use, Schreiber and Jansen, etc., a lot not all of they used a couple of of lower leverage guys, but several of their high leverage relievers as well. You, th- this is winnable. You can you can go take two of three, you can. All right, go win Saturday with Joey Wentz on the mound against Tanner Houck, and then if you win Saturday, you're going into Sunday with a series split. You're going into the rubber match with objectively, no matter who you ask, including the city of Boston. The starting pitcher advantage with Matt Boyd going up against uh, Cutter Crawford there. Okay. Go take two. Saturday is obviously the, the the big one. You can't win two without winning Saturday at this point. So we'll see what happens. But I, I still think it's it's very, very doable to recover from this and uh, and still have a pretty nice weekend. Okay. Cool. Thanks for making lockdown tigers. Your first listen. Every single day for your second listen, however, go check out Matt and Dom over at Locked On Fantasy Baseball. They are the best in the business. They're going to give you the best strategies out there. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, just like us, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. All righty, I think that'll do it. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for tuning in as always. And we will be back on Monday, hopefully recapping a series win against the Red Sox. And if not, if we get swept, guess what? We'll be here anyways. Peace and love. Go to Therapy's Dope. I appreciate y'all. I'll catch y'all on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.